0: What did the Cowboys get right and wrong about their wide receiver room in 2022? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On Cowboys. Locked On Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in, to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode of Locked On Cowboys is brought to you by Nissan. The only thing more exciting than the big game is the all new, all electric Nissan Aria. There's only five days left into the Super Bowl. I think we're actually four days left now. Yeah. Are you ready? Is it Nissan Aria? Yeah. Uh, uh, the EV for people who love to drive. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, the, the Cowboys wide receiver room in 2022. We've discussed it a lot, but if you could sum up how the year went for them, what would you say?
1: Uneven. You know, I, I think it's, it was extremely up and down. There were highs and lows to be sure. Um, you know, there were obviously are guys that we we're going to be speaking about glowingly. In the next few minutes, there are going to be guys who are we are going to speak of, uh, very disappointingly, and there's going to be uh, some guys in between. I think, but I think that overall, uh, uh, it, it clearly was not enough at the end uh, for what they needed. Um, and uh, I think that you know we'll kind of go through all that individually, just to kind of piece it all together
0: to show you why. All right, let's start with CD Lamb, and I want to actually start by talking about the the Amari Cooper trade. One of the reasons. Oh, good. I haven't heard anything about that yeah. in a while. <laughs> one of the reasons the Cowboys wanted to trade Amari was yep. to open up a the number one, you know, undisputed role for CeeDee Lamb. That part of the trade actually worked out well for the yes. Cowboys, right? Because CeeDee Lamb, the first two years, was getting like 110 ish targets. Uh there'd be games where he'd get nine targets, other games where he went, got three. Putting him into a bigger role and a more consistent role turned him into a superstar. So I, I do want to give the Cowboys credit for that. Like we'll get to the mistakes of that trade later, but Ceedee lamb absolutely blossomed into a superstar receiver. And that's really the biggest storyline for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that that most aspects of the Cooper trade actually worked out over the Cowboys favor, except for at the end of the year, when Gallup didn't get to where they needed him to be by the, by the playoffs where, uh you didn't get that next step from someone like Noah Brown or or one of these other guys that you thought could start out at the beginning of the season and kind of take a next step. Uh so but I yeah as far as the idea of let's give CD Lamb some room to grow, that clearly worked. And and CD Lamb has now elevated himself to kind of the elite of the, of the wide receiver groups in the NFL
0: and I can't wait to see where he goes next year. Yeah, I mean CD's year I mean, honestly, what more can you say? I thought he was so good all year long. There was one half against the Giants early in the year that he did not play well. He dropped a long pass. Other than that, and actually he bounced back in a big way in the second half. Other than that, I mean, he was everything that this team needed, right? Like making big plays, making plays after the catch, making clutch plays. The the amount of times that he would make a big catch on third down to move the chains was awesome, and I think – we're going to go into the 2023 offseason talking a lot about receivers, but it makes it a lot easier to rebuild your wide receiver core when you've got a guy like CeeDee Lamb locked in as your number one.
1: Yeah, I mean, the consistency to me is the difference, right? The, 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 the able, and you, you mentioned it, like outside of a, of a bad second half he had against the Giants, he was incredibly consistent. He only had six drops in the year. He had a lower drop percentage than anybody else on the team which, I mean, that's going to be a whole other conversation we're going to have about this. Um, And and then, obviously, like the other aspect of it was that we needed production out of him. If if the Cooper trade was going to, the Cooper gambit was going to work, you needed Lamb to, to blossom into an elite wide receiver, and then you needed him to produce at a high level. And he did that in spades. And, in fact, the fact that he played all 17 games this year which is another thing that we should point out which is incredible Mm -hmm. uh and was able to produce almost you know over 1,350 yards receiving and and almost 10 touchdowns so uh, you know I think that those are things that you were hoping that were going to happen when you provided him enough room and provided him enough targets um and and it turns out that 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 part of it was uh, that part of the deal was very much held held up by CeeDee Lamb and by Dak Prescott as far as make having a, a young wide receiver blossom into a, an elite talent.
0: And one of the things that we didn't like about Amari was that he was very inconsistent game to game, yeah. right? You'd have the the monster games, the 119 yards and two touchdowns. And then you'd have a two for 18 game the next week. That really wasn't the case for CD. He had three games this year under 50 yards. One was against Tampa Bay, where the whole offense was awful, week one. The other two were blowout wins, where he got a couple catches early, and they just didn't need him. He had the most yard, most games of 50 or more receiving yards in the NFL this season. He was just incredibly consistent and reliable. It's exactly what we were hoping to see from him. So we're going to talk about a lot of the other problems, but I, I did want to give C.D. his flowers, because I thought this was an awesome, awesome year for him. And and he was so good that it it you know it 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 carried
1: the, the the rest of the room with him in a large way. Like you know, not only was he consistent and 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 healthy, but he played his best football at, at the end of the season. You know at, you know by the end of the year against Philadelphia when they were playing Tennessee, he had 100 yard receiving games. He ended up obviously against San Francisco, uh, having a pretty decent game. Ten catches for 117 yards. Uh, and then the touchdown again, the game against Tampa where they were basically focusing the entire defense on trying to stop him. So uh, CD lamb was basically everything that you needed him to be this year. Um, it's kind of the other aspects of the yeah. wide receiver
0: room that we kind of have to figure out. I, I will say, I thought his best game of the season came against Philadelphia. Uh, I've, yeah. I've just got those numbers, 11 targets, 10 catches, 120 yards and two touchdowns. Like that's, Super Bowl caliber team. They are in the Super Bowl this year with a defense that everybody believes is awesome. And CD and Dak just torched them. And it, yeah. listen, I know Jalen Hurts didn't play in that game, but you know who did? James Bradbury and Darius Lay. And it didn't matter. CD absolutely destroyed them. So, quite the season from CD Lamb. Absolutely. Let's talk about the rest of the wide receivers because, oof, oof, not great. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about where the Cowboys got the Amari Cooper trade wrong. Today's episode is brought to you by the ultimate football GM app. You've heard of us talk about this mobile game before, and I can't tell you how much fun uh, I know I had competing against my fellow Lockdown NFL host, Chris Carter of Lockdown Steelers, was actually our Lockdown champion. Now it's your turn to compete, but more on that in just a bit. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise, then this is uh, this game is definitely for you. You're going to manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through seasons, and lead your team to glory, trying to build a dynasty. With the ultimate football GM app, you're going to be responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, navigating your franchise through free agency and the drafts, and all the ups and downs of the season. All this in a challenging but realistic game world. The Ultimate Football GM app is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want to and when you want to. We've created a lockdown league for you to compete against us with. Can you be the ultimate lockdown football GM? Choose the lockdown league in the app store to join. And we'll see if you can create your own football dynasty. On Cowboy listeners get a 100% free boost to the franchise when using promo code ON in the game store that is locked on all in caps. So make sure you check it out today to download the game. Just visit ultimate GM.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate GM.com ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, Layton, one of the mistakes that the Cowboys did make with the Amari Cooper trade was projecting that Michael Gallup would be able to come back quickly and produce like there was no injury or be able to produce at elite level right away. Just wasn't the case or, or Sorry. Uh, Michael Gallup struggled all year long. Um, do you think it was just a health reason why he struggled?
1: No, I don't. I, I think, I think a lot of the reasons that he struggled has to do with an inability to catch the ball consistently. I mean, I, he didn't have problems dropping the football like this previously. Uh, and, and I wonder if, you know, the, it, look, health health played a played a part. I mean, obviously, when he first came back, he didn't he wasn't the same athlete as he was by the end of the year. Um, I, I still think he needs another offseason, and I think I, I wouldn't at all be surprised if he came back this this training camp and looked like a completely different person than he did in twenty twenty two. But I, I would say that it's not just a physical a uh, problem. I mean, if you go and watch the tape, there is definitely times when he's elevating the way he used to. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he's able to beat guys in coverage as the season goes on, but he's not finishing, you know, he's not, he's not coming down with the football. The ball's clattering off his hands. He's mistiming his jumps at times, um, that he didn't have a problem with doing before. I have to think that there, obviously the injury itself in the sense of the physical toll that it takes on his body had, had a, had an effect. But I also think that the part of the injury that isn't talked about enough is, he he, you know, he had to be thrown into practice, like you know, and go. Like he didn't get any training camp. He didn't get any opportunity to kind of spend more time to kind of catch up with his his um his kind of chemistry with Dak. And if you think about it, like with all the injuries between Dak and 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 Gallup, they've they've kind of missed a lot of time over the last years. And just like Ceedee Lamb, you know, uh, and so I, I think that that you know contributed to some of, of Gallup's stuff as well because there were times when he was getting open and he, and he wasn't able to uh, finish the the play. So um, I, I think the Cowboys may have gotten close on their timeline for when Gallup would be back to, you know, reasonable health. I think what they may have misjudged is how ready Michael Gallup as a football player would be at that time to kind of go in and be a, a main cog of the offense. And and then obviously that's why they went
0: out and, and, and had to go get a guy like T.Y. Hilton to kind of well, supplement that. And we're going to talk about these guys in a yeah. second, but I think they believe that Jalen Tolbert – Jerry Jones even mentioned this – like Jalen Tolbert would be able to come in right away and be a contributor, that Noah Brown would be able to step up. And he did at parts, he, right? The, he did. The problem is it's – when you're asking Noah Brown to it's be like a two-receiver, yeah. yeah, too much, right? Now, yeah. if he's your fourth receiver, that's fantastic, but – being the number two is just too much. My my question for you regarding Michael Gallup is do you still believe that he could be a high quality or high caliber number two receiver? Because I'm starting to have some doubts. Well, we haven't seen it in a while. So but I mean I certainly thing, right? I, I certainly understand that,
1: like the the doubt, but I, I think he's a talented guy. I mean, honestly, like I saw the the shades of Michael Gallup that we saw previously. I don't think like I don't know I, I'm not of a believer that this like you you're watching the guy and he's like a shell of himself like i don't I just don't think that's the case I think this is a case where a guy who he just doesn't look right like he doesn't look like it's tuned up it doesn't look like it's in sync he doesn't look like the rest of the players that have been through an entire training camp and season uh and that are in sync with everything that's happening you know um i do i think look I, I don't think Michael Gallup should prevent you from going out to try to find a quality number 2 this offseason. But I I also don't think that we should throw dirt on him. You know, I I have a feeling that you could go out there and get a really nice another wide receiver out there and then suddenly Gallup it comes back this offseason and looks closer to the Gallup that we're used to and now you've got a nice little trio, right? Right. Um that's certainly is a possibility and I think, you know, with the Cowboys in general, like even with the uh the Tolbert's stuff like, to me, the Cowboys threw numbers at the problem, right? Like, they, they're like, okay, you know, we'll we'll cobble together a wide receiver, two until Gallup can get back between Tolbert and Brown. And, you know, at the time, they were talking about Houston and and, and, I mean, and You know, so I, I think that that was more the original plan is maybe we have more of a, a kind of uh, run first. Uh, cobbled together uh, wide receiver two, three situation until Gallup gets back, and then when get, Gallup gets back, we can kind of shift to more normal uh, passing methods that we, or, or at least like distribution that we're used to. And then when Gallup got back, it, it, it you know, he he just uh, obviously early on just did not look great, no. and even as he got healthy and was getting open, you know, was still. Contributing to a lot of interceptions. I mean, he he, he himself contributed to four different interceptions that were he, he was a target on, which I think is the same amount as he's had his entire career combined before this. So, I think when you saw that, and then you saw how much Noah Brown was struggling to kind of take his game to the next level, um, and and just kind of had reached the the his ceiling. It felt like right. This was like the level of his usefulness. Um, it, that's when you started to see. A kind of shift to okay, we've got to find reliable pass targets to get uh, Tony the ball. That's when they start looking at Ty Hilton. That's when you saw an uptick on on the throws to guys like Henderson. I'm sorry, Henderson and Ferguson and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I think the Cowboys had and then obviously James Washington, who was injured for the entire regular season, they had numbers at the position. And I thought I think they thought that between those that they would be able to cobble some, something together. But but the problem was obviously Washington gets hurt. Tolbert isn't good enough on special teams to be even roster, unfortunately, uh, and and hasn't taken a step enough as a wide receiver to be, you know, a guy that you just roster, you know, as a starter, not play special teams. It, It was a lot of crazy circumstance that kind of ruined their numbers game. And then on top of that, Gallup just didn't, you know, play the way that he needed to at the end of the season. Yeah, and him
0: and Dak were just off. Like, it wasn't a, yeah. a, a thing of lack of targets because there was nine games this year yeah. where Gallup got six or more targets. That's quite a bit for your number two receiver, especially when your tight end gets so many. Uh, never went over 62 yards in any of those games. Like, that just can't happen. I agree with you. Like, I think the Cowboys should be looking at Gallup as, hey, you're a number three receiver. Let's bring in a number two and kind of get you back to that spot where you thrive, right? When, when he was there number three receiver, the offense was absolutely awesome. Get him back to that role. I think he'll be just fine. Uh, we've got to talk about some other receivers just really quickly. Uh, I'm just going to name some names. Just, let's just go yeah. through as many as we yeah, can. Yeah. Noah Brown. You know, I think Noah
1: Brown based, had a good season, but I think he has a very, you know, kind of ceiling to his game. I mean, I just don't know that he's necessarily ready. You know, he showed a lot in training camp and, and showed us that he has the ability to, like, be a part of like someone that's worth getting targets to. But I think that there's still another level between being a third or fourth wide receiver who's earned targets and a number two wide receiver. And and I think that that's the, you know, Noah Brown does isn't quite ready to take on that role.
0: Yeah. He had 274 yards in the first four games of the season. The rest of the way, final 12 games of the season, 281. Like he got off to a really hot start and then, just a lack of consistency. And again, if he's your number four receiver, you're feeling great about that. But as a kind of pseudo number two for the first two, three Half months of the year, <laughs> just overmatched. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, who the Cowboys brought in late, late, late in the year.
1: He was a nice injection into the passing game late in the season. They they needed him a couple of these games. Um I would have loved to have seen more from him later, though. It felt like, you know, he gave us something early on. And then as the season went on and into the playoffs, uh, he wasn't really as much of a factor. Um, He had some first downs, you know, in some key games, and and that was nice. And he definitely served as more of a wide receiver, too, than mostly anybody else on this team, um, despite not getting a ton of targets. Uh, But he definitely was changing the shape of the defense when he was out there. Um, But, yeah, I I think it it was a good signing, and we got good use out of him. Uh, I would have loved to still see
0: more out of whoever we were signing as our wide receiver, too. Yeah, so the Cowboys signed T.Y. Hilton, what, like three days before Christmas? Um, Mm -hmm. And he had the fourth most receiving yards of all the receivers on the roster, which is kind of incredible when you consider – they drafted Jalen Tolbert. They had Cavante Turpin. They had Dennis Houston and started in week one. They had Simi Fahoku and he outproduced all of those guys combined. Um, on fifteen targets, basically.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, you know, like twenty targets total in the season. It's ridiculous.
0: Ridiculous. Um, Jalen Tolbert, before we move on, what's your feel on him going into the offseason? Oh, I, I mean, I'm
1: still a believer. I, 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 I mean, again, I saw him at training camp, which I, I think is a benefit that some other folks didn't necessarily see. So I've seen him do good stuff. I mean, I, I've seen him like perform as a wide receiver and uh, makes me feel like he has talent. I honestly think that the, the problem was is that he probably, at this point in his career, is as good as a pro receiver as Noah Brown. But the difference is is that Noah Brown plays every single, every other special team as well. Well, And And, and, that's
0: where, like, looking ahead to next year, we love Noah Brown, but it might make more sense not to bring back Noah Brown.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, well, honestly, what I think it is, is that Jalen Tolbert's going to take a good portion of his offseason training to learn how to tackle. Uh, Because, you know, like, (laughs) here's the thing is, I mean, he has to. Like, I mean, that's the truth is that I think Tolbert's honestly, and, and if you go back and listen to what I was saying about Tolbert, in training camp, my takes then was he needs playing time. He needs to see the field. The problem with that is that he can't even make the roster if he can't play special teams, and he isn't one of the top
0: two wide receivers, which he's well, not. And so, the other problem is is you're rostering another receiver who can't play on offense, who's only a special teamer, Cavanti Turpin, right? So yeah. you, I mean, you don't have the spots for
1: it. Yeah, and that's the kind of the, that's why I feel bad for Tolbert a little bit because it's not. Exclusively his fault, or like you know uh, uh, the fact that like he 's lazy or, or not doing enough to get on the field. The problem is is that he is a very unique situation where he 's a young football player in the sense that he hasn 't played a ton he 's just started playing I think late in high school or early in college, even. Uh, And so he doesn't have that kind of experience that a lot of these players have that have played throughout their whole lives, right? Like most wide receivers, even when they go into college, they played, they played defense at some point in their careers. They know how to physically tackle someone. Tolbert didn't necessarily have that. So I think the key thing for Tolbert is to find a way to make the game day roster, to get onto the field, to get experience, because I think he has the physical talent. I think he has skills. Uh, the problem is, you know, he didn't play against top level of talent. He's still trying to learn the, the speed of the game. He has to get on the field to learn the speed of the game. He has to play
0: special teams to get on the field. So, what does this wide receiver room look like in 2023? We'll talk about that next. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Pick projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Price Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. That includes NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in sixty seconds or less. It's that easy. They are currently operational in over thirty states and in Canada. Just download the Prize Pick app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That means if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. You deposit $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Also, want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. We absolutely love Built Bars. Uh, if you haven't tried a Built Bar before, you're really mi- missing out. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, 100% real chocolate. They come in so many unbelievable flavors, such as peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie chunk, cookie dough, which is my current favorite, coconut coconut brownie chunk, another one of my favorites. Only 130 calories. Only 4 grams of sugar, but 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait to go get a box. You can go to your local Walmart and pick up a 4-box of the peanut butter brownie. Or you can go to Sam's Club, and you can pick up a 13-box of some of the hit flavors like churro and brownie batter. You can thank us later. Of course, go to Built.com. You can order whatever you want. But if you need some convenience and you just need some Built Bars in your life right now, go check out Walmart and Sam's Club to, uh, to get your first Built Bar. All right, Landon. Let's uh, let's talk about this wide receiver group going into twenty twenty three. I think the good news is it's not going to take a lot to rebuild this unit. But how do they get it done? Well, I think we start with the fact that
1: the, the good news is you're you have uh, Ceedee Lamb, and I think that's you know not not to overstate the obvious, but the hardest thing to try to do is to go get a wide receiver one. Yeah, and and just I think. Just-
0: too like there's yeah. not a wide was, receiver one in this class.
1: I was just gonna say this draft is certainly not gonna be uh, uh at least from what I've seen so far, uh, isn't gonna produce uh, a wide receiver one like that. There's gonna be a whole bunch from what I've seen of kind of niche, uh, uh wide receiver twos that you know obviously yep. can do whatever you want. You know you want speed guy, you want a a quick guy, you want a slot guy, you want a, a, a big ball receiver. They've got one of every type and 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 plenty that you can get somewhere between the end of the first round to the third round. So there's there's plenty of opportunity to go get a guy like that. If you had to go get a wide receiver one, I think you would be in trouble. Um
0: that's when you, you look- have to pull off a big big trade. Like you're trading yeah. multiple high picks to go get one of those guys.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, you look at the market and it's pretty similar to what the running backs market is. It's pretty favorable p- pretty favorably set up for what the Cowboys need. There's going to be lots of opportunity. Uh, there's going to be wide receivers that are kind of of that same sort of ilk, that not quite the top end guys, but the second tier, you know, extremely useful, productive player tier of wide receivers available on the wide receiver market. And then obviously the other name that we have to throw out here, again, despite being totally relieved that we didn't have to talk about him anymore, is Odell Beckham Jr. He is available. He's a free agent. The Jerry had spoken about when he had uh, originally kind of called off negotiations at the end of the year that that there was a possibility that this would pick back up uh, once the season uh, was over. I fully expect that to be a conversation. I actually think, and, and I mean, I don't know. Like again, we're talking about the wide receivers are on this team, but we are looking forward. I actually think that if the Cowboys were able to get Odell Beckham Jr. That it's a better situation now than it was at the end of last year. Hundred simply be- simply because I think obviously the health is better. I mean that that whole situation is hopefully in a kind of a whole settled way. Season. And then on top of that, you now have maybe the greatest slant runner in history in an offense that is going to run a lot of slants. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do think that there is some benefit to having Odell Beckham Jr. in this offense that maybe. Um, added benefit that you didn't necessarily get last year as far as what a great scheme fit he would be.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned free agency. There are a lot of guys out there now. Some of the names are kind of less than ideal. Number two receivers. Like I think Alan Lazard is one of the top guys. I don't know if Dallas is going to be all that interested in paying Alan Lazard, but he's going to get paid, but he's going to get a lot of money just because the market is so soft that, that like wide receivers are going to get paid a ton but I do think the Cowboys are in a spot in the first round where they could move up eight spots and maybe get their number one receiver in the class and drafting a receiver, let's say at 19 whatever, knowing that that guy doesn't have to be a number one and he walks in and he's your number two receiver. And you have, let's say at this point uh, a good quality number three in uh, Michael Gallup. You've got hopefully a tight end coming back in Dalton Schultz. Like that's that's how you rebuild this wide receiver core really quickly. It's just, what type of guy do you want if you're the Cowboys? Do you want, okay, this is not the draft show, but do you want the speedy guy that can make plays down the field? Do you want the five foot eleven guy that runs really good routes? Do you want the six two guy that's a little bit bigger, that can box out defenders? This draft is loaded with talent. I suspect that the Cowboys will draft one relatively early in this class.
1: I think it's also worth mentioning that, you know, it's a conversation that we should start having is, how does the change in offensive style and system affect the template of wide receivers that you're looking at? This is the first – I mean, this is something that we haven't really discussed, but this is the first time I'm pretty sure – well, yeah, it is. It's the first time that Will McClay has been the you know director of player personnel, whatever his title is, that we've not been in a Coriel offensive system. So how does that change the outlook of what these guys are looking for at wide receiver? Is there going to be more of a premium on route runners? Are they going to require more speed? So I I think these are all questions that I think will be interesting to kind of ask ourselves and and hopefully ask the the Cowboys brain trust to see if, you know, there's any change there. And and that hopefully will help inform kind of where the Cowboys go in the offseason. I will say, though, that I think, no matter what, like, you know, someone like Odell Beckham Jr. obviously fits, the question becomes like, do we continue to prioritize six foot one, two hundred and ten plus, you know, big bodied receivers, or mm-hmm. is there now more room for the T. Y. Hilton's the uh you know, the kind of I, I honestly I would love to see the Cowboys go out and get a golden tate type, right? Like a kind of a mid-sized guy who is a physically tough player. That can be reliable after the catch. Maybe not Golden Tate's personality because I hate that dude. But like,
0: as far as like that kind of player, well, I think basically, that would I mean, us. Mike McCarthy's had that guy forever, whether it was like Donald Driver or yep. Greg Jennings, right? Yep. Randall Cobb yep. is a smaller version of that, but, but same thing. You know, Jennings and Driver were both like that six foot, maybe barely six foot, one hundred ninety five pound guy that was just so tough. I yep. wouldn't be surprised if they're also looking for that type of receiver. So, yeah.
1: I, I, I think that kind of player really, especially opposite of a superstar, of CeeDee Lamb, it really kind of helps balance out that wide receiver core and give you kind of a little bit of everything that you need.
0: Uh, we're going to be talking plenty about wide receivers over the next few months. We've got free agency coming up next month. Uh, you and I are going to start watching receivers here in this class uh, probably next week or two, start doing some shows on that. So if you love wide receiver talk, uh, this is the podcast for you. Uh, that's it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every single day. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Podcast and get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories, plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games with NFL key predictions every Friday, and on Monday, local insiders cover the weekend with game-to-game episodes. Locked On NFL available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, go check out Landon on Twitter at mccoolbcb. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys right back here tomorrow to answer your Twitter questions. Bye, everybody.